Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dr. Dale Bredesen, who is the author of The End of Alzheimer's, the first program to prevent and reverse cognitive decline. Wow, doctor. Those are two things that we think about often in our lives. And thanks for doing the book or doing the show today. Thanks, Sue. Okay, let's let's talk about... um, uh, let's go prevention first. Give us the, the lowdown because so many people wonder, well, what can I do? And so many people think there's nothing I can do. So what do you suggest? So here's the big change. We always ask, well, you know, what can I do? Tell me what to do. You want to start one step before that. You want to get evaluated. You know, 50, 60 years ago, people started looking at their cholesterol and saying, hmm, okay, this is associated with cardiovascular disease. What we're describing, and I go through this in the book in detail, as well as all the different people who've now reversed their cognitive decline, and we have over a 1,000 people now on this protocol, is to get evaluated, to get a cognitive assessment. Some people call this, quote, a cognoscopy, just as you know that you get a colonoscopy when you turn 50. If you're over 45, you should have a cognoscopy. And it basically is a set of blood tests that look at all of your genetic and biochemical and hormonal and toxic risk factors. So what you can do for prevention if your vitamin D is suboptimal, if your estradiol, testosterone, HSCRP, homocysteine, pregnenolone, thyroid, all these things, if they are suboptimal, then you can optimize these. And in fact, it has a dramatic impact on your cognition. If someone is listening today and they want to get that done, is that something a doctor can order? And does it fall out of the range of whether or not your your insurance will cover it? Yeah, that's a very good point. So the insurance is not yet there for a lot of these things. And so you You can take the book into your doctor and say, look, I need these tests. It's important to remember that a nursing home is going to be extremely expensive. So this is a good investment. It may cost you a few hundred dollars to save many, many thousands of dollars and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. But you want to know where things stand, especially if you are over 45, especially if there is a family history of dementia, and especially if you are APOE4 positive, which is a genetic the most important genetic risk factor. But we are training physicians, so we have over 450 practitioners in seven different countries and all over the U.S. now who have trained specifically in this protocol. So they can tell you, here are the tests to get, and here is the optimal program for you. We've also developed a computer-based algorithm that tells you, here are the various contributors in your case. It's different for each person, of course, and then, therefore, for an optimal program to prevent and reverse cognitive decline. All right. We're looking at uh, metabolic factors that may put a person on the track for this. Um, Can you name, doctor, some of the things that may be happening with people that they might be able to solve very quickly on their own if they find themselves in some sort of a decline? 
Yes, so looking at the cause, and that's what we've been researching now for 30 years in the laboratory. What is the reason that this is so common? Why is Alzheimer's such a problem? What are the things that actually cause this? And the surprise is that what we call Alzheimer's disease is actually a protective response to three different areas, three different things. Number one, chronic inflammation. That can be from leaky gut. That can be from eating too much trans fats, too many trans fats, too much sugar. It can be from exposure to Lyme disease. It can be from herpes simplex, from P. gingivalis from your mouth. All these things you need to look at to see what is causing this chronic inflammation because it does contribute to Alzheimer's. Your brain makes the amyloid of Alzheimer's to defend itself against these microbes and against this inflammatory response. The second thing is that if you have decreased trophic support, so poor nutrition, poor hormones, vitamin D, as I mentioned, pregnenolone, uh, thyroid hormone, DHEA, on and on and on, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, nerve growth factor, these are all things that are supporting your huge synaptic network in your brain. If they are suboptimal, you are going to start downsizing that network just as you downsize a company when you don't have enough coming in. And then the third group is people who are exposed to toxins. And most of us don't realize that we are exposed to these things until we start having cognitive decline. So your brain actually makes the amyloid of Alzheimer's to protect itself against things like mercury, copper, iron, mycotoxins, the toxins made by molds. So typically we don't know that these things are there unless we check for them. And when we look at people who have cognitive decline, they never have a single factor that's suboptimal. Typically we find 10 to 25 things that are suboptimal and that can all be addressed. And when you address those, you see unprecedented improvement. You have decades of research. These things make sense. People in the medical community, do they accept what you have to say? And how will the medical community change based upon what you say, which, again, to a layperson makes a heck of a lot of sense? You know, you bring up a really good point. When I talk to people about this, they will say, gee, this, this actually makes so much sense. Of course I need to look at all these things. Of course you need to evaluate all these different things. Of course it's not just one thing. However, when you talk to someone who's been trained in medicine, they say, well, that's not what I was taught in medical school. In fact, I talked to the head of one of the most outstanding medical schools in the United States just a few days ago, and what he said to me was, you know, this is really important, but we're not going to teach it in medicine medical school until it's well accepted by everybody, and it won't be well accepted by everybody until we teach it in medical school. So that's the problem. We have in medicine too much tradition and permission. We ask the third-party payers, am I allowed to get this test? Am I allowed to get this drug? Tradition and permission is giving us a major problem. That is 20th century medicine. We need to come into the 21st century medicine and look at all these factors. These are are complex, 
chronic illnesses that are now killing us. We are using the checkers strategy that we use, uh, penicillin for pneumonia, and in the chess match, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease. Everybody understands that if you have cardiovascular disease, you need to have a whole program. You need to do your exercise. You need to change your diet. But people are not doing that nearly enough for cognitive decline. That's where things are headed. And to be able to look at the biochemistry and pinpoint these specific things is extremely helpful. So I tell people, quit thinking about a silver bullet. Now it's about silver buckshot. We're going to hit all the things that are contributing to cognitive decline or risk for such decline. I have to ask you about uh, the part of the title of the book where you talk about reversing cognitive decline, because often we hear when uh, someone is at a certain stage, there's nothing that can be done. And I don't want anybody to experience false hope, but what can be done? You're absolutely right, and false hope is the last thing. At the same time, false lack of hope is equally bad, and we've seen unprecedented improvements. These are published in peer-reviewed journals. They're freely available online. You can go look them up. When we published these first examples, 2014 and 2016, we had over 5,000 emails and calls saying we need more information. How, how is this done? What is the background? Which is why I wrote the book. So if you take a look in there, you will see many examples. We give many examples of the patients. They're testing beforehand. They're testing afterward. And most important, the fact that they have sustained their improvement. As long as they stay on the program, they sustain their improvement. We have the longest people on the program now are five and a half years. Now, will it last 10, 20, 30 years? We don't know yet. We're five and a half years into it. But you can read about these various people and look at their specifics, both in the book and the ones that have been published in these online journals. You do realize that uh, addressing uh, metabolic factors and so forth may be a, a wonderful way to do this. And it, again, it seems so simple, but people have a suspicion, doctor, that big pharmaceuticals uh, don't like to be cut out of the action on, on stuff like this. Uh, and people are suspicious of uh, diseases that they believe can be cured or somewhat solved, and companies won't let us have it because it would mean drugs would go away. Well, and in fact, what people and, and the drug companies need to realize is, in fact, the drugs will work better on the background of an entire program. This is no longer about isolated monotherapeutics. This is about programmatics. And it's fine to include drugs, absolutely, but the drugs are going to work better on the backbone of the whole program. So, again, if you have 36 holes in your roof, the drug is a superb way to close one of those holes. But what about the other 36? That's where the program comes in. So, in fact, this will make the drugs work even better. It was our pleasure to have you on the show. We know you have to go. Dr. Dale Bredesen, and the book is The End of Alzheimer's, the first program to prevent and reverse cognitive decline. It is our pleasure. This information is so important, and we value it highly. So thanks for doing the show. Thank you very much, Sue. All right. break. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.